DFS. It is Friday, December 9th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 14 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, Jared Smollett. Jared, I think that for quarterback in cash on FanDuel, I'm going to go ahead and pay up this week rather than going cheap. What about you? Oh, me too, always. Um, and our dollars per point rankings will tell you same Jalen Hurts checking in right now as a strong value at 8,700 bucks. I mean, he's just been Hurts has fallen short of 20 Fando points just twice all season. Giants aren't good against the run. They're not good against the pass. So you know, Hurts can score fantasy points both ways. Yeah, they're a neutral matchup for quarterbacks. They're mid-pack and adjusted fantasy points allowed. So, you know, it's just a matchup that doesn't affect it either way. So it's just Jalen Hurts versus not playing Jalen Hurts. And as you just said, it's it's been a play Jalen Hurts kind of year. Over 29 FanDuel points in two straight games as well, and over 24 and three straight. So um, not only is he fairly safe, but a good chance that he really dominates this matchup. You know, if salary really matters, I think Geno Smith is in play, 7,700 mm-hmm. if the shoulder's good to go. Jared Goff, 7,100 certain in, certainly in play here. Minnesota's a bottom third QB defense. They've allowed the fifth most quarterback points for the year. And just over the past two weeks, 360-plus um, yards to Mike White and Mac Jones. So plenty of upside to Goff. Yeah, pricing feels a bit tighter on FanDuel this week, too. So and not that you can't play Hertz and Cash. It's definitely possible. But I do think going down to, you know, Goff and saving the um, 1600 bucks might be worth it, um, depending on what it helps you get. I, I do like Geno and Goff for tournaments. I, I think Goff's a better play in tournaments on FanDuel here. Um, he's not as good of a value, but he's also coming in just 9% projected ownership. That's a bit easier to swallow than the 15% on drafting. So I do like off. He's been playing well. This is obviously the game to attack this week. The lions have the second highest implied total on the main slate behind only the Cowboys. Yeah, certainly still higher than usual projected ownership for Goff, but just tied for third among quarterbacks. Um, as opposed to being higher on DK, as you said, he's tied with Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow as well. So plenty of potential for those guys to be ahead of him and behind Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts in the double digit range. So, yeah, I like Jared Goff. The the Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown stack is not going to be all that sneaky. Justin Jefferson's not going to sneak up on anybody, but there's enough to play with in that matchup. You got DJ Chark, you got Adam Thielen. Um, yep. some tight ends. So it, there's stuff to work with. I probably like Geno Smith and his wide receivers a bit more because of the lower ownership projections on those guys. We'll see if that changes um, into the weekend as we find out more about Geno Smith's shoulder, but you know, plenty of upside there as well. I think among the expensive guys, I like Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow versus the others. The Bengals are third in pass rate over expected over the past four weeks. And Joe Mixon's going to be absorbing a whole lot of ownership um, a lot more than the Bengals passing game pieces. So it's not only betting on the upside of Joe Burrow and his wideouts, but also leveraging versus Joe Mixon teams. Yeah. Good call on Burrow. Um, I have some interest in Patrick Mahomes um, because he's 7% projected owner. I know we don't expect Denver to push the Chiefs in this game, but I mean, Mahomes could you know throw for 260 yards and throw four touchdowns. Denver, by the way, 29th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA over the past five weeks. They opened the season as this, you know, run funnel defense. They've kind of flopped over the past five weeks. They've been tougher against the run than the past. So maybe at least to open the game, the Chiefs do come out throwing more than they have over the past few weeks. 
Jared, if you want to find somewhere where Geno Smith and Jared Goff are truly undervalued, I would recommend trying some sleeper daily drafts. And I tested this just before the show. I entered one of their $1 drafts just to make sure that this was the case. And like Geno Smith and Jared Goff are down to the point where they're not getting drafted in every draft. It's eight team drafts on there. So we've got, I believe it was nine or 10 quarterbacks going ahead of them. It includes the Sunday night slate. So that's even a little bit more players added in. It's also a good place to get Amon Ross St. Brown right now. I mean, he's going to be highly owned in these salary cap contests. He's only the number 14 overall player on the sleeper draft board. That's a full PPR format. So he was my second pick in the draft. I think I picked sixth in that draft. So I got, um, you know, somebody in the first round, which I can't remember right now. Cause I was like, Oh, let Amon Ross St. Brown get to me. And we'll just, <laughs> we'll just mess around with whoever I took before him, but good values there. Plus you spend $1 to draft a team. Then you decide whether you like the lineup. You decide whether you want to enter it into more contests to try to win more off of it. Or, you know, maybe you screwed it up at the end. You're like, I don't like this team as much as I thought I was going to. It's a dollar. You can see if it wins anything against that group. And then you can go draft another team and see if you can do better that time. Yeah, really cool format. And, you know, if I'm on Ross St. Brown's the 14th receiver. I mean, I love the underdog drafts. It 14th seems like player the, overall. 14th player, yeah. I love the underdog drafts. It seems like the... um competition might be a little weaker on sleeper right now if, if St. Brown's dropping that far. So, you know, give, give, give both a shot for sure. Absolutely. Especially when you consider that it's full PPR versus half right. PPR. So if you haven't tried the sleeper drafts yet, I recommend going ahead and depositing some money, enter promo code draft sharks. You'll get that deposit matched in full play with some free money. Try it out. We got four weeks left in the season after this one. We got five weeks left be- for DFS purposes, Jared, you know, I'm so we're so focused on redraft that we think it ends in week 17, but this stuff goes through week 18. So you got lots of time to play with it, especially if maybe your redraft teams aren't going so well and you need a reason to care about these final few games. We got the playoffs too. We got like two more months of this. <laughs> That's right. On to running back for week 14 specifically on the cash side. We've only got two running backs cheaper than eight K among our top eight in dollars per point. What do you think about this position for cash on FanDuel? Yeah, that's where I was saying where, you know, Pricing feels tight. There's not a ton of like cheap plays to love on FanDuel this week. I'm going to get Christian McCaffrey in my cash game lineup. I, I think he should be the most expensive running back on the slate. He's not. He does come in as our top dollars per point value by a pretty significant margin. Um, he's 8500 bucks on FanDuel. He played 82% of the offensive snaps last week. That was his highest rate since joining the 49ers. And he had 27 opportunities in that game, 17 carries. 10 targets. And I, I think the Niners are going to continue to lean on McCaffrey now that it's Brock Purdy under center. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have much of a choice and he's got the shortest a dot among those main pass catchers for them. So he'll be the most attractive option for this new quarterback. And I think you can get some salary relief by playing him alongside one of those two lower salary running backs that I referred to Deandre Swift, Tony Pollard are the guys among our top eight in fan dollars per point. The guys in that range who are less than $8,000 in FanDuel salary. I think they're both in play. Tony Pollard's probably safer because he's not coming in with an ankle injury. He's also been continuing to touch the ball a lot. Sixth among running backs in touches per game over the past five weeks. That, of course, included some missed time for Zeke Elliott. But even the past two weeks, 20 and 15 opportunities still for Tony Pollard. They get the matchup against Houston, which has been encouraging opponents to run the ball all season. So we should get lots of backfield touches for Dallas. Yeah, Pollard's my second guy in for cash line. So I, I want some expo- exposure to this Cowboys offense. And I think Pollard's the best way to get it on FanDuel. 
Uh, I think a big no thanks to me for no for 9K Derrick Henry this week. The matchup isn't scary, but the way that he's been producing the past four weeks sure is, especially at that salary. The salary, yeah, for cash, and then for on the tournament side, I mean, he's 16% projected ownership, so people are, are still going to play him, evidently, despite the fact that he really has been bad for you know, the past month now. So, um, yeah, always scary to fade Henry. Like, it's a spot on paper where he could blow up, but, um, again, it, it's it's concerning the way he's played and even how Tennessee's used him over the past four or five games now. And I honestly, I'm not even scared to fade him this week because the past four weeks have been really bad against yeah. middling to poor run defenses. And Jacksonville has been playing the run tougher than the past. So, you know, famous just, last words, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like if we <laughs> get the Sunday night and he has 150 yards and two touchdowns, I can't be yeah. like, where did that come from? But I would go ahead and bet strongly against him being a slate breaker right now. Yeah, I, I think he's a good fade at the price and ownership especially with plenty of guys in that 8K range that makes sense. And also the 7Ks are interesting, especially when you get over to the tournament side. We've got Miles Sanders at 7,100. We've got Isaiah Pacheco at 7,300. I think both Panthers running backs are interesting, depending on how things are with Deontay Foreman's uh, foot going into that game. He did return to practice Thursday. So at 6,900, he makes a lot of sense against Seattle, but if he's out for some reason, Chuba Hubbard 5,500 is interesting as well. And a matchup that really favors yeah. Carolina running the ball. Yeah. I have Foreman down here as a play. I will have to see about the foot um, Seattle dead last in football outsiders run defense TVOA over the past, past five weeks. And Foreman's just been the quintessential GPP play. He has games of 19 and 32 Fando points over his last five. He also has games of three and two Fando points over that span, but you know, that's, that's kind of the, the range you want in tournaments. Um, I think Zeke Elliott is an interesting tournament play. He's $500 more expensive than Tony Pollard on FanDuel. Like how many people are going to click Zeke Elliott for more than Tony Pollard? We have him at 8% projected ownership right now. I, I would bet he comes in even lower than that because of that price discrepancy. Zeke honestly is the better bet for a multi-touchdown game because Dallas is still going to him over Pollard in most cases near the goal line. You know who's clicking on him at 500 more than Tony Pollard is Jerry Jones. Yeah, for sure. In the expensive RB range, I want to highlight Nick Chubb. Uh, it'll be it's it's easy to make the case against him because the yeah. offense was really bad last week in spite of the big win over Houston. I think that should only further motivate Nick Chubb carries in this game. He did have 23 in the first matchup with Cincinnati, which they won. 101 yards on the ground, scored twice. Bengals opponents have the fifth highest rushing rate over expected for the season. So I think we should get plenty of Nick Chubb carries this week unless Cincinnati jumps out to a lead. And, you know, that's just a risk that I'm willing to take for a tournament lineup when I'm looking for, you know, a, an under-owned stud running back uh, to toss in my yeah. lineup. Yeah, 4% Nick Chubb is always a nice tournament play. Um I like Dalvin Cook for tournaments up there at 8700 bucks. He, he's leveraged off Kirk Cousins, who's coming in as the third highest projected quarterback in terms of owned rate. Yeah, based on the numbers, you want to attack this Lions defense on the ground lately. They're third in football outsiders pass defense DVOA over the past three weeks, or past five weeks, 18th against the run. Um, and, and Cook has been getting, for, for a while now, has been getting you know workhorse usage, usage in terms of both snap rate and touches. So I think he's, he's a really good play, hoping that the Vikings touchdowns come on the ground on Sunday. I was really hoping that Isaiah Pacheco was going to be sneakier this week, but he's tied with Miles Sanders. Not, yeah. not a, you know, not too high in ownership rate. It's we got one, two, three, four, five, six, tied for seventh in ownership rate. So it's not a level that makes you say, I forget about him. But I, I was really hoping he was going to be a sneakier Chiefs play this week. 
Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs don't sneak by people. <laughs> That's fair. Miles Sanders at the same level, plenty of upside yeah. there. DeAndre Swift, a little bit sneakier on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. He's just short of those guys in ownership projection. Obviously, you know, we mentioned these numbers a lot. You don't want to overweight them because they are just projections, could be very different. But if DeAndre Swift is ninth among running backs in that category, I think he makes plenty of sense this week. Yeah, I agree. Wide receiver for cash. The Seattle wide receivers look very good again. Um, even if you don't play Geno Smith, what do you think, Jared? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they're both coming in with low ownership, which I can't really figure out. Uh, DK Metcalf, 6%. Tyler Lockett, 5%. I do think they're both in play for cash. I think they're excellent tournament plays at that ownership. It's kind of the same case at wide receiver as it is at running back on FanDuel, where it's the the studs that you know we have as the best values. You know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, Steph Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown. Those are our top five values. At the position, that's where it, it is kind of a challenging week trying to find, you know, figure out which of those high, high priced guys to play and then, you know, which value guys to play. I do think um, Christian Kirk and Chris Godwin in the mid sevens are nice values. Kirk is 7,600 bucks, Godwin 7,500 bucks. Kirk has eight plus targets in four straight games, seven plus targets in six straight games. He gets the Titans who are dead last and adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers on Sunday. So assuming Trevor Lawrence plays, I think Kirk's a safe cash bet. And then Chris Godwin, 11 targets per game over his last five. Um, This matchup against the Niners isn't that tough for wide receivers and particularly slot wide receivers, which is where Godwin has played about two thirds of his snaps this season. We're going to have to pay down somewhere if we want to play Jalen Hurts and good running backs and good wide receivers. So (laughs) I think some cheaper wide receivers to play here, Tyler Boyd at 5,900, four catches for 60 last week, dropped what would have been a long touchdown, which should have been an easy long touchdown. Hayden Hurst is out. Tyler Boyd already hit 90% routes last week in Jamar Chase's return. Hayden Hurst leaving that game early probably helped him being out this week. Should help that aspect as well. Juju Smith-Schuster, 6,600, I think makes plenty of sense. The targets weren't there last week, but did lead Chiefs wideouts in route rate. I would say Jerry Judy's in play, but the ankle is just not safe enough. He, you know, returned last week, but was still limited. So I'd, I'd stay away from that and instead play Zay Jones, 6,300. I think Darius Slayton's got a bad matchup at 6,300, but when you factor in how likely he is to get targets, he's okay at that price. DJ Chark, 5,700. All of these guys have questions that you can bring up with them, but that's why they're down in the mid six to below range. But yeah, Boyd at 5,900. And then Michael Gallup at 6K are the two cheap wide receivers I'm looking at. Um, you know, Gallup's just looked healthier the past couple of weeks. He has 15 targets over the last two games. So yeah, Judy, I was he was a guy early in the week. I was like, I'm going to play Judy and DFS this week with Cortland setting out, but Judy has been limited in practice the first two days this week. If he, if he's full go today and then like not listed on the final injury report, I'm not sure I'd get to him in cash, but I think at least as a tournament play, he'd be interesting. Yeah. I still don't think I'll get there, but I can get the case for it. I think that whole cheap group of wideouts is easier to tap here where you don't have to, you know, bet on floor DJ Chark. Yeah especially at 5,700 bucks in that marquee matchup this week, which is still seems funny to say for lions Vikings, but you know, he has been good the past two weeks in uh, opportunities. It's a good salary offset at 5,700. It's also a good entry point to that game. You can either play him by himself just for that salary relief. You can play him in a golf stack to get it, you know, a, a little bit sneakier than the yep. starting point of Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, or you can just play Chark and Justin Jefferson as a little mini stack from that game. So it's, you know, it's a good way to not only get into that game, but different ways to play that game. If you don't want to play those quarterbacks, especially. 
Yep, I like I like Chark. We're talking tournaments there, right? I wouldn't play him yes. in cash. Right. Yep. What else do you like for tournaments? Uh, so again, both Seahawks wide receivers. And I, I actually prefer DK Metcalf. He's kind of separated from Lockett in terms of targets over the last five games. Metcalf averaging 9.6 targets over his last five. He's seventh among all wide receivers and expected fantasy points over that span. So the usage has been really strong. We'll see about his hip issue that landed him on the injury report on Thursday. Um, but again, Metcalf at 6%, Lockett at 5%. I mean, again, to me, I, I love when – I get cash plays that are coming in with low projected ownership. To me, those are, you know, those are the easiest and the best tournament plays. Absolutely. And I think Garrett Wilson and Debo Samuel are in similar range, 7,200 for Garrett Wilson, 7,100 for Debo Samuel. And they both look like they're going to go under owned. We've got a 9% projected roster rate for Garrett Wilson, uh, 6% for Debo Samuel. And I mean, really the argument obviously for both of them is that they're both the number one wide receivers for their teams. You know, certainly there are questions about quarterbacks. The matchups yep. aren't amazing it, for Debo though. It's a bottom half wide receiver scoring matchup in the Bucks. So the only question for him is the quarterback and the quarterback might be a slight plus for him in that it makes him more attractive as a short range target than Brandon Ayuk. So it could help his target counts. Yep. Uh, and then Garrett Wilson is just Garrett Wilson and the bills are a better defense than either the Bears or the Vikings, but they're not a shutdown pass defense right now. Yeah, definitely like Debo, especially among those two. And Juju, Juju Smith, Risto, I'll mention again. Um, you mentioned him. You talked about him on the DraftKings show, but the production did not rebound last week, but the playing time did. He was back up to an 81% route rate, and it seems like people aren't noticing because he's coming in at just 3% projected ownership. Yeah, because it just still looks like a crowded situation, which it is. He's not a lock to get the targets, but yep. we've seen him get there. And we've Patrick Mahomes has been telling us all year it's going to be different guys every week, so it could be a juju week. For cash at tight end, Jared, we got Travis Kelsey leading the dollars per point at an $8,000 FanDuel salary. I don't think he's affordable for cash with the running back and wide receiver pricing we've been talking about. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to play Pat Frymuth in cash, I think, 5800 bucks. He has just nine targets over his last two games. His route rate was actually down last week, so slightly concerning. But, I mean, he had seven-plus targets in seven of his eight healthy games prior to these last two. And Baltimore, according to both adjusted fantasy points allowed and football outsiders DVOA, is weaker in tight end coverage than they are against wide receivers. So it definitely could be a game that um, you know the Steelers feature Frymuth in the passing game. Yep. I like Friar Muth at 5,800. I like Greg Dulcich at $400 cheaper. Evan Ingram is even $300 below Greg Dulcich. So really you can play with that group to see what you need to fit other things in your lineup. And then if there's money left over Dalton Schultz at 6,200 against the Texans is a not too expensive way to get some Cowboys exposure here. On the tournament side, I'm still not paying up for Kelsey for the reasons I've talked about before. The, the Chiefs, I don't think that they're going to need a Mahomes blow-up game here. And when you consider how much you have to pay for Travis Kelsey versus everything yeah. else on the slate, you really need a Mahomes blow-up game for it to make sense. So instead, I'm going to save salary here, play around with the guys that we mentioned on the cash side, but also throw in Noah Fant at 5,200, especially in a lineup with Geno Smith and one of his wideouts. Yeah, I'll probably play some Kelsey on FanDuel. Um, I actually like Mark Andrews better though, as the like you know elite tight end to target. He's sixty eight hundred bucks, so you're saving twelve hundred from Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews coming in at half the projected ownership, just six percent for Mark Andrews. And you know he's honestly been disappointing, you know, relatively disappointing to what you're paying for him on these DFS sites lately. He averaged eleven targets, eight point six catches, and hundred yards per game in Tyler Huntley's five 
games last year, 31% target share in those games for Mark Andrews. So if we can get anything close to that type of volume, um, you know, I definitely think he has, he has a chance to you know lead this slate in points among tight ends. And on the other side of that uh, Seattle matchup that I just mentioned is the Panthers. Of course, we talked about it on the DK show, but we've got runback options in the backfield for Carolina. There's big upside to Deontay Foreman. But if you also just want to bet on a Seattle blowout here, DJ Moore is 6,900 bucks is an interesting run back um, in that scenario. Tell me what to do with George Kittle. Do I have to play him again? I, I definitely don't think you have to play him this week against He's- the Bucks. He's fifty nine hundred bucks now, and he's two percent projected owned. Yeah, you can. I wouldn't yeah, feel I have to though. I'm not going to play him. He's going to have a blow up kill game, and I'm going to be really upset. I I have a hard time believing that we get a blow up Kittle game this week. Yeah. Just the the targets aren't there. I mean, you know, the routes the routes have been though. But you can't you can't you can't ever say something like that can't happen. But there's just no signal that that's coming. Like even his blow up game this season relatively was a four catch 84 yard, two touchdown. Like that's not a, I didn't have him. So I'm losing this week kind of game. Yeah. I think he will have at least one more big game the rest of the way. This doesn't seem like a likely spot for it. I mean, this game has what a 37 point over under. Um, It it just doesn't seem like it's going to turn into a shootout. So I'm not, I'm not going to play him. So, you know, take that for what you will. I will say that the Bucks could be without both starting safeties again, which would help George Kittle's area of the field. Devin White remains a very shaky coverage player. So I don't know. You know, there's some room for the upside again. Somebody you can play. I wouldn't feel like uh, I'm screwing this week up if I didn't get Kittle into lineups. Yeah, I mean, he's relatively cheap and he's 2% projected on. So that's I think that's the tournament case for him. Yes. Defense Steelers 3,800 against Tyler Huntley seems like a good place to start here. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, you could also just say screw it and play the lions for 3,100 bucks. Uh, I mean, we've talked about, they've been better in real life lately and in, in fantasy, they have their last five games in terms of Fando points, 11, 10, 11, five, and five. I mean, if you can get even five points out of them for 3,100 bucks, that's a, a nice playing cash. I agree. I have them down as well. And those double digit matchups came against the Giants, Bears and Packers. So I would say worse offenses than the Vikings, but the Vikings are a neutral matchup for team defenses on the season with a slight lean toward positive by the FanDuel numbers. So uh, I I agree that that's a good play, especially for the salary relief this week to try to fit other things in your lineup. Now, if we get here and there is money left over Ravens, 4,100 against Kenny Pickett are interesting. The Chiefs, 4,500 tough to get to. But, you know, if it works, if the money's sitting there in certain builds, uh, I think them against the Broncos is plenty of upside. Yeah, for sure. The Ravens are the one I like. They're actually our, our third best value at defense, and they're coming in at just 6% projected ownership. That The Ravens have been one of the best defenses in the NFL recently, and, you know, the, the Steelers' offense just has not been good all year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for the week 14 FanDuel podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com now to play around in the lineup generator. Build your own lineups for FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo for this week. You can also find Kevin's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on FanDuel. And if you want to try out the drafts that we've been talking about on Underdog, 
or on Sleeper. You can hit the links at the bottom of this podcast, wherever you're taking it in. You can go right there. You've got the, the code already entered for you. You can deposit, get your money matched, and start drafting. I promise that it's fun. Even if you don't win anything this week, it's a fun way to play. Uh, and it'll give you something different to do this weekend. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.